And welcome back to The Rip. This is episode 26. I'm Vince. We got Ant here and we got Bryce Kicks, Bryson Moore, uh, formerly known as pretty much. Uh, what's going on, Bryce? Uh, not much. You know, Sunday, just hanging out. Happy to chat with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys don't know who Bryce is, Bryce is uh, on YouTube, Instagram. He does like, you, you started on YouTube. You got like, what, like over 50,000 subscribers now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. It's been a long journey, but uh, definitely worthwhile. Yeah, that's crazy. So he just does like sneaker content, uh, all that type of stuff, like styling and stuff. So yeah, he's probably like uh, yeah. one of the most fashionable guys in the GTA, you think? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, you know, I have a passion for sneakers and clothing and, you know, showing people how to style things the way I do. So I, I don't know. I'll leave that up to the people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I know you got like a ton of a ton of heat and stuff now. I remember I seen yeah. you got the... Um, Oh my God, the the ones are coming out soon. But you got the Amamanye uh, Jordan threes. I've ever seen. Like yeah. this year's been yeah, a good yeah. year for you, right? Yeah, I got those. Um, I think they're right behind me, actually. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, it's one of my favorite. It's probably my my pick for sneaker of the year. Um, it's just oh, there's God. a great story Very behind nice. it. It's a great shoot, and and it has a a, a good. Uh, it was a good release. You know, a lot of people were seem to be able to get their hands on it. So uh, I'd probably say that's like the best sneaker to release uh, this year for sure. Oh my god, yeah, just just the earth tones are perfect for the fall or whatever, right? Like I'm not yeah, much yeah, of a sneaker it's great. guy, but I might switch over because those shoes yeah. are pretty good. Yeah, Colors. they're great. You know, there's a bunch of cool details. You guys probably can't tell on the camera, but there's a quilted inner lining, which I mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. And then there's some cool distressing details like the aged midsole and stuff like that, which is very trendy for the year. So um mm -hmm. and the quality is good, you know. You know, when you when you spend a, a lot of money on a pair of shoes, it's good to you know, make sure that you're getting the quality that you deserve. And some Jordan releases, you know, Sally, that's not always the case. But uh, for this one in particular, uh, you know, it's definitely quality is on point for sure. For sure. What, what do you think about those ones uh, that come out, I think, next Friday, I think? The... Yeah, no, those are those are great. I think those are great. There's some some subtle details, you know, at first glance, it may not look like the, you know, the craziest shoe. It's got a pretty simple colorway with the the beige or the off white upper and then those little hits of brown. Um, but then when you look into it, you see that the leather has this like crack texture to it. Um, and it also has like a quilted inner lining, which I think is really cool. So um, yeah, I think it's a great shoe. I think it's uh, is sort of second place in terms of those Ama Manier, uh releases that have that have come this year. So, um, but either way, I mean, it's such a, a classic, like colorway. You know, it's super easy to wear, and uh, one of my most worn sneakers of the year is the Air Jordan One Mocha. So it kind of like resembles that yeah. shoe in a sense. So I'm gonna be going after it. Um, but to be honest, I think I it's not. I don't think it's a shoe that I'm gonna pay resale for. If I get them, cool. If not um then i'm just gonna let him pass yeah honestly i've been staying away from the resale kind of thing now that like i am um, yeah. i'm like i'm more prone to buying sneakers now because i was um like i, I would always have problems with grabbing stuff and now like i, I was uh, we had on our podcast i think in um after you we had a long time ago we had uh, sean go obviously you know who he is, yeah. obviously yeah and uh we had him on and he told me about this thing called soul savvy i've seen you actually yeah. uh partnered with them in some way like yeah. they've helped i'm me a, a soul savvy member i've been a member for with soul savvy for the past two years now and they're responsible for me getting a lot of lot of shoes um, because of some of the tricks that they that they teach you. It's there's nothing they have no affiliation with bots or anything like that, um, but they do have some tools 
that are really helpful for, uh, for people like you and I to, um, you know, get shoes a lot quicker. This year was a very challenging year to, to get shoes more so than any other year, just because of the supply chain. And, you know, you can throw 2020 in, in there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some great resources that they offer that will help you be, uh, be able to buy shoes. They have things like monitors, which is basically like a notification of once something dropped and then you click in it and it's an automatic add to cart link. So in, as opposed to like adding your size or doing this, it just automatically throws it in your cart all the way to the payment page. Um, there's a couple of tricks in, in between, um, but like I said, they, they, they have nothing to do with bots. And so uh, they've been a great partner and I've, and I've worked with them uh, to, to create some content for them, um, which I'm very happy to do so. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I love what they're doing. They're like a total startup, but they're growing like crazy. So. Um, I really love that platform. Yeah, no, I, I just love the, like, the, because I remember that's how I got into sneakers too. Like, I love the community thing, like hooking people up. And yeah. All that I love that. That's crazy. That's one of the best part about it is the community. You know, one of the ways that we keep in touch with one another um, and, and, the, and the community within Soul Savvy is through Slack. So it's super easy to, um, there's discussion boards. It's kind of like a Discord, you know, I think Discord's like another mm -hmm. sort of uh, affiliate to Slack in that sense. Um, but it's just a real good community aspect. We have live events, uh, in-person events, sorry. Um, you know, there's like, they host like basketball sessions, like people can go play ball at a, at a local spot all over the GTA. So there's a really good community aspect to it. And, you know, sure, it may seem like, oh, it sucks to, uh, you know, um, to have to pay like a monthly fee. Because that's obviously that, yeah. you know, they have to keep their lights on as well. Uh, but when you think of the value that you get from it, especially for me as a creator, like me getting the product in hand is of the utmost importance um, because that sort of drives what I do. So for me, it's well worth it um, to uh, be able to, you know, get some quicker resources and easier resources for me to buy some of these shoes. It was such an easy pick too, because like I wanted something that's obviously like anti-bot. There are ones where you can similar like yeah. groups where you can get the bots, but like, Canadian like to cater to Canadians too I think this is the only yeah. one I think honestly yeah yeah and you know what like the thing with bots and I've never used one but from what I've heard is that like you could spend a thousand bucks on a bot and still not you know get the shoe yeah. so and and you know what if you join soul savvy and uh and I, you know if you join soul savvy like you're not guaranteed to buy you're you're not guaranteed that you're going to get the shoe you know I've taken an L on a bunch of shoes However, I've take I've gotten a bunch of wins from them as well. And one of my favorite things for me is that like, you know, it, it consolidates all of the release information. It's so difficult to like figure out when a shoe is releasing, where it's releasing. And this brings it all into one place with links. I, I mean, I sound like a soul savvy ad. I'm not being, but it is, I'm just being totally honest, you know, I'll call a spade yeah. when it's a spade and you know, they've been really helpful. Um, so yeah yeah no, no lie i'm always trying to like hook up my buddies with that and stuff and just like you know just just trying to do it the right way you know because I, I just yeah. i like like it's so like it's almost like um i think i heard this somewhere just almost like uh like pretty much just people trying to make bread put food on the table they just circled a community and and the sneaker community that's what they circled right and they're like they gotta yeah they're gonna try and make money right that's what it is yeah but one, one thing I, I will say this year what's different from other years is that i have been buying more shoes on the resale market, but being very selective of which ones that I, mm -hmm. I get. And to give you an example of that, if there's a shoe that I feel like I really, really need, then I will go if, and it's within my budget, 
then I will go and I will buy it on uh, websites like StockX, for example. Um, but what I, I don't do as much of is I don't sort of have these impulse purchases where, you know, um, I'll go into a Nike outlet and just out of boredom and then I'll see a discount shoe for a hundred dollars. And next thing you know, I'm bored every month. So I go to the Nike outlet and I've bought eight pairs of shoes that I don't really want as opposed to getting and saving for that one shoe that I really, really want. And a good example that I have them right here is these uh, New Balance 2002 R's from the protection pack. This was a shoe that when it dropped, I was like, I need this shoe. So what I did is I just very selective, you know, set some money aside and I went ahead and I bought them and I'm really glad to have them. And so uh, for me, the strategy that I have for sneakers is like this year in particular, is just be more selective buy fewer shoes but buy the ones that you really really want and sure it sucks to it's a, it can be a tough to spill uh pill to swallow when you have to you know cough up 500 bucks for a pair of shoes for example yeah. um but you know what like i said i'm buying less shoes that i want kinda and more shoes that i really really want yeah i'm just wondering because since you like obviously buy enough and say you're like yeah. very in tune with everything what do you like a lot of people say what's the best uh resale platform to buy off what, what, what do you do yeah uh, for me as a Canadian, for us as Canadians, I think it's StockX. I think it's not even a, not even a question. Um, I heard that in the early, in the first few months of the eBay authentication thing that they were really pushing this year, that there you people were getting away without duty fees. But I think they've sort of fixed that. And now I think as a Canadian, if you, uh, the StockX is the way to go because they have the um, prepaid duties already added. And, you know, Whenever I look at a shoe at StockX, whatever the, the value of the shoe is, I already know that like I'm going to be adding $70 on top of that just based off of processing yeah. fees, tax, and then those prepaid duty fees. But I would much rather that than, than getting the surprise at the door. I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. This company was sending me uh, two yeah. jackets and I got hit with $144 just off two jackets. And they, they're not, they're not crazy valuable they were like i don't know yeah. under maybe like 60 bucks each so it's like i paid more duties than the value of the actual shirt itself or the jacket mm -hmm. so it's like so all of this to say that you know i would rather pay those duty fees sure it sucks to to pay all those processing fees and whatnot but at least you know a they're 100 authentic and b you know you're not getting that surprise at the door which i really which i really really hate yeah, yeah. I, I know people were like I remember before like StockX opened up actual like authentication centers, like I think Toronto, Vancouver's got one. Yeah. But I think before that, like, I think, I think eBay does have one as well. I think they have like one in Toronto, I think too. Um, yeah. I can't and the remember. cool thing that I've, uh, that I learned with StockX is that like, it, this isn't always the case, but if they are able to connect you with a Canadian seller, like you can get your product cool. within like two days or something. So there's uh, been yeah. times where, you know, it takes two weeks and then there's times where it takes like a few days. So for me, I think overall, they just have the best system. And uh, I, I don't know, I know that there's GOAT and there's some other ones, but uh, I've never used those. One thing I do like about GOAT is that they do offer um, you to buy used shoes. And if you're okay with that yeah. and you want to save a little bit of money on a you know gently used pair of kicks, then I, I really like that idea. Um, but they don't do that prepaid duties thing. So, you know, us Canadians, we get the short end of the stick all the time, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Are you ever like, are you ever worried about like the fake sort of thing at all? Cause I know like, I, like I have some ways that I know how to see kind of how it works, even just smelling the shoe too. Like <laughs> yeah, you can do that yeah, too. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, uh, 
No, with StockX, I trust them. And, you know, there's there's some instances where people have gotten fake shoes off StockX, but I've never had that in my experience. And they're probably selling a million pairs of kicks a year. And there's if there's three that that are, you know, on not authentic, it, you know, it travels the internet and people lose their mind. But really, yeah. it, the, and that's such a such a case with like social media nowadays is that like mm. those ne- the negative bunch always outshine the, the you know the positive. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, all of this to say, like I don't really worry too much about authentic because it's you know if I if I'm buying from a place like StockX, so, you know, there's people whose jobs there is to authenticate shoes, so I'll, I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I know how, how much did you believe that story? I don't know if you heard it. Uh, it might have been maybe in the summer. Uh, the red October's and StockX got lost or something like mm-hmm. that. Like somebody had them, they sold them for like maybe yeah. two grand or something. <laughs> I think crazy. that's, I think that's, uh, I think that's possible through postage. You know, we've, we, we've, you know, we've heard of, um, you know, FedEx like stealing people's shoes or, you know, like that, that, oh you know, if you allow for human error, you know, that shit can happen. You know, packages get lost all the time, especially now with these crazy, you know, the, uh, the disruption that we've seen in like sort of the supply chain. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible for sure. Yeah, that's that's annoying. I know it's like I remember in the states. I've always seen like YouTubers like fuck, dude, like FedEx. You can tell somebody's trying to go through my package. Like that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, especially at the border. You know, if they think it's a suspicious package or it's coming from, they'll they'll open it up. And you know, I I doubt that border security is freaking taking a pair of you know red October's. I really do think it's more of like <laughs> the package getting lost or like you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's crazy, you know, when you think of people, you know. Like I was looking at StockX the other day, just like some of the most expensive shoes that people have bought. And I posted oh this God. on my Instagram story, but someone bought like the Wahlberg Air Jordan 4s for like 60 oh. grand or something. It was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Wow. For a pair of <laughs> shoes. You actually, you know, uh, or 30 have you ever gotten a fake pair of shoes? Have you ever yeah, had that yeah. kind of uh, incident? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you just kind of take the L on it, to be honest. You know, you mm-hmm. you create a claim and then, you know, you know, um but it's just it is what it is you know sometimes you get god every once in a while um through so stock x or something no this else. was like some okay. company that like i should it was my fault i should have known better to begin with <laughs> you know you just take a risk um but yeah it's, it's happened before it happened to me one time and then that's that's basically it it's never happened yeah, like what's 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 almost the opinion on like i know a lot of people have this debate like what's what about like um, unauthorized sneakers, like that gray yeah. area? Like, what, what was, I get asked that? about this know. a lot. I get asked yeah, about this yeah. a lot. A lot of people ask me about it. And uh, in my opinion, because I was this kid at one time, hmm. there's two, it's two sides. When you try to settle for something, when you try to settle for the second place or that you try to, I can't afford the one thing, but I'll just get like the thing that's similar to it, but it's a little bit cheaper. You, ne- it, you never feel as good about it as you do. And so if, you know, I was a young guy working at a grocery store, saving my money, you know, saving my pennies, looking at these coveted items that I really wanted. And when you just save and you save and you save and you finally get it, it feels so much better. And so my opinion is that like, is it super difficult and expensive to, to be a sneakerhead these days to, to cop every release? It is. But you're going to feel so much better about yourself and so much better about your purchase if you save. And I understand, you know, if you want to, you know, paying 500 bucks for a pair of shoes is a lot of money. But, you know, maybe, you know, you mow some lawns, you know, maybe you ask your parents for some money and you've been working hard and, you know, you save up at your part-time job. 
And then, you know, you learn a lesson. It teaches you the value of money at a young age. And uh, also, you know what? We all know there's releases every single weekend. So that shoe that you okay. so badly <laughs> wanted, four months from now, there's going to be a new release that you want even that you want even more than that. So, so it, like, either just save up and get the shoe that you really want, or just just take just take the L on it and just keep it moving. You know. But it, but yeah, I do I you know unauthentic shoes it's it's not for me well even then i was gonna say like a lot of times if say like there is so many singers coming out but it's like say like you had your art set on say like the black cement threes they'll come back just they'll wait, come back right like oh yeah oh yeah right. there's certain shoes that you know get retro every three years you know so mm -hmm. the black cement three is one of them the infrared air jordan six is another one you know there's a bunch of shoes that get retro every three four years so and that's why, like, I also, and this is, I think, a first world problem or for me, just because I have a bunch of shoes. Like, I don't, I'm not like super crazy about like make cleaning my shoes or like, you know, like, cause it's like, they'll, they'll come out of again eventually, or, you know, there'll be other opportunities or other shoes. So um, I wear my shoes. There isn't a shoe. And that's what kind of why, I, what I meant by that is like, you know, I wear yeah. all of them. I don't like put them on a pedestal or like, just, yeah, they're just one. shoes at the end of the day, they're meant to be worn and you know, their shoes, yeah. their, their, your feet are on the ground getting dirty. That's just kind of how it happened. Right. And people also ask me a lot about like, how do you prevent creasing? It's like, shoes are going to crease. If they're, if they're made from leather, they're going to crease. Yeah. If you get a leather jacket, it's going to crease in your elbow area. Like it's going to have those mm -hmm. like lines, like it's just how it happens. So uh, yeah. sometimes it's just good to just kind of let it do its thing. Yeah. No, even, even crease, you can just iron them out. Like, you know, yeah, you could. Yeah. Even I've that, seen I, videos. Just, I, I like to just leave creases. I mean, it kind of gives the shoe their own character. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what people think. Yeah. Totally. Now there are some shoes. If the, if the, if the leather quality is really bad, the creases are really ugly. Like if you get a, if you get one of those like um, white air forces, the, at a mall, <laughs> you know, the 07 air force, those things crease terribly um, yeah. just because the leather quality isn't that great. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you just kind of got to deal with it. Yeah. I just look at it. We're like, we like, we don't know how long we're going to be alive. You know, we can, yeah. like, we can go tomorrow. You never know. You want to at least wear what you fucking like bought. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and it just goes to show, like I, I just made a video yesterday talking about some of my most worn sneakers of the year and undoubtedly your favorite shoe is going to be the shoe that you wear the most hands down. It's not the shoe that you keep up on your wall in, in a glass case. It's mm -hmm. that your favorite shoe is going to be the one that you get the most use out of. And it extends beyond shoes into other things in your life, you know? Um, right. but you know, the, it, because it really demonstrates the value for your dollar. Um, so I've always been a fan of if I'm buying a shoe, it's cause I'm going to wear it. And there's been a couple of times where I bought a new pair of shoes where it's like, shit, I didn't wear this as much as I, as I wanted to. Um, yeah. but it's just kind of like how the game works, you know? I know like my, um, I was finally able to get my favorite shoe of all time ever. Like my ultimate grail, the LeBron eight South beach got this year for retail on like a random restock. I was at work and, uh, Finally having How good that, that like, feel? oh, dude, I, I don't even know. Like, I was almost like speechless. It was crazy. I love yeah. that shoe so much. It just like yeah. reminds me of like, like when I was a kid, like in a computer lab in high school. <laughs> dude, I, I know exactly what you mean. That, that time period, I was doing a lot of like window shopping on the internet, you know, like just looking yeah. at things and just, you know, getting, you know, familiarized with things and complex early on was like a big resource and hype beast for those websites were mm. like, Oh man, I was on those all day long, especially in school and stuff like that, just because it's like, you know, it's a good opportunity just to, you know, ignore whatever lesson you're trying to learn in school. But like, you're also educating yourself on stuff that you're passionate about. 
Um, and they have so many resources, especially early on. Like I don't really go on those websites now, um, but I, you know, I follow them on Instagram, for example, but like online, they had so many lists of like the top ranked Air Force Ones, the top ranked Nike Dunks. And you just like kind of learn about what's valuable and what's cool and stuff like that. And so though LeBron ate, like when those, those South beaches, when those came out, it was just a cool time as well in sports because LeBron left Cleveland. He's on his way to yeah. Miami. Then they dropped the South beach eight. They, and that's when Nike basketball was at its peak, right? They were dropping right. gem after gem after gem. They were all selling out. And it's just like, it was just a cool time um, it, because like sports and sneaker culture are obviously so closely combined. And if you're a fan of both, it's just really fun, you know? Um, so yeah, I totally remember that. In, in fact, with the LeBron nine, which came out the following year, that's like one of my favorite sneaker models. And I'm excited oh. to go uh, see those retro. I've been really thinking about buying a pair on the aftermarket, but it's like a lot of them are worn yeah. and there's a big markup for them because they're now almost 10 years old or if not 10 years old. Um, so it's like, uh, I'm not going to pay, you know, $400 for a 10 year old LeBron shoe. It's just not something I want to do. But when those do retro eventually, you know, I'm going to be grabbing some of those because it's one of my oh. favorite sneaker models ever. Oh my God. I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen, but they're actually retroing the, the watch the throne nines. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Like, I think I did see that. Yeah. Those are really cool. And plus watch the throne is like one of my favorite albums. It's just such a, such a <laughs> yeah. good time. That was a fun time. Cause I, when that album came out, I was in like, I was in grade 11 or grade 12, which was like, you know, the, going to house parties and just, it just reminds me of such yeah. a good time, that album. And just that, that time. Cause like, you know, there's no, you know, when you're in high school, at least for me, like I, I didn't, there was a, wasn't a care in the world, you know, like I wasn't thinking about yeah. like my future, my job or like, you know, like mm -hmm. you, even university, I was like, I probably should be thinking about what school I want to go to, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just putting that off, putting that aside and just going for it and having fun and just being up to no good and stuff like that. So those were good yeah. times. Honestly, I think nostalgia is, is, uh, is scary. Like just how much like like if you see something that just like reminds you of something, yeah. you're like, oh man, I, I need it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of brands these days are tapping into nostalgia to sort of sell products. And it's, it's a huge thing. Like, and, and I like, I think it's cool, you know, like one, a good example of that is um, I think this was pre pandemic or during the pandemic, but um, Nintendo would retro those old updated oh, systems. The small ones. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, the yeah. small ones. And those people were lining up for those like crazy. Hockey, so, yeah. Game um, Boys and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And still Pokemon 30 years later is as popular, if not more popular now than it was before. It, no, it it's definitely even more remade the old, they remade yeah. old Pokemons as well. Just yeah. recently. Think of this whole card <laughs> boom. This whole card boom is half nostalgia, oh half God. supply and demand. P the fact that people can make real money on it but nostalgia you know what i mean like this logan right. paul right the reason why he's so connected to this charizard card is is because yeah. it's valuable and it creates content for him and it pays for itself but also the guy's clearly a fan of pokemon i think he has like a peak or a squirtle tattoo on him or something like that oh so my God. you know nostalgia does does play into it yeah it's just so funny like like I think they just released the Diamond and Pearl remake on yeah. the Switch, like yeah. yesterday. Oh no, two days ago. Yeah, yeah. two days ago, exactly. Which uh, me and my brother, that's was that your favorite Pokemon game? I know it was mine was Pearl. Uh, I'm yeah. nice. I'm glad they're remaking it, but of course I don't have a system anymore yeah, to play yeah. it on. So yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I have I a Switch. My money for one of those. Yeah, 
I'm one of those, like, I'm a, I'm a pretty big gamer, but I have to limit myself. Like I'm one of those guys who gets like addicted to video games. So I really have to like, really? you know, if I want, if yeah. I want any, if I want to get productive, like, like I don't have a PS5 and I'm scared to get one just because I feel like I might go <laughs> off the deep end. And, and what I mean oh. by off the deep end is, is I mean, like, I like when my, when my favorite game is FIFA. And so what I'll do is I'll play FIFA ultimate team and I will spend 200 bucks a week on packs. Trying oh, to get the, the best player. Yeah. So I'm one of those psychos that, here. yeah, I'm one of those psychos that will, uh, that will like not just buy the game and the system, but I'm spending in the game. And that's when it's like, yeah. okay, like, you know, so it's a, yeah. But yeah, but I'm also, you know, I'll also pick up an old system and throw in a Pokemon game and play that and just have fun with it and just sort of pass the time. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of those. I like that they're retroing some of these old games and uh, even the new ones they have, that they come up with. I've played those as well. Um, yeah. uh, those are, those are good. Those are, those are fun. Yeah. They're fun. They're really good, man. So, um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, nostalgia definitely sells. I know. I just feel like with video games now, like, like I'll like come like after like a long day of work and I just don't have the energy to like sit down and play that long. And, and not even just that, like, I don't have the attention span for that. Like I could do a good two hours out fun and then that's it. Like I can't, like, I don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> even two hours is still, you know, still a good amount of time, but right. no, I could, I could play. I, I, I like, I don't know the way that I'm wired is just like that visual like, <laughs> stimuli, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, but like to give you a good example, I've, I've never played the new Call of Duties, and I'm scared to play. I've never played them, oh, the you, Warzone or wow, whatever. Okay. Like, and people Nothing are going yet. nuts, and I'm like watching these gaming videos to a game that I've never played, and I'm like, no, like I don't know. I just because Call of <laughs> Duty was another well. one. Call of Duty Four, Mar- you know, that first when that first yeah. dropped on PS3. Holy shit, that yeah, was like time, you know spending Big all game. day playing that. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just how I'm wired, I guess. Yeah, it was dangerous those days. Just uh, just log on after yeah, school. That's like, when my, my video team game addiction match, yeah. started. Yeah, that's, that's right. I can't let go of it. Yeah, that's the problem, yeah. Yeah, also, yeah and I, I remember well. during that time, you guys may remember, but there was a, a kid, I think he was, it was in Canada, who his parents had taken away his Xbox 360, and he actually ran away from home. And there no. was this big story and this big search of trying to find this kid. And he actually ended up dying. I started to take the podcast down, oh and, like, down oh and we were terrible. But all this to say that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. games clearly addicting, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, people are willing to just you know do some crazy shit just because of you know these games. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I took the podcast down a weird turn. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a little bit, a little bit. But yeah, no, just uh, yeah, just uh, video games, man. I don't know. It's just there's, there's like I guess you have like an addictive personality. You're saying, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I um, if I am not interested in something, it's like pulling teeth to get me into it. Like same with school. Like I wasn't the most studious kid. Um, but mm-hmm. if I if I get focused or if I enjoy something, it's like kind of like a laser focus. Where if it lands on something, that's like all that yeah. I want to do. And, and, you know, I'm lucky that three years ago, YouTube was one of those things that I sort of like put my focus mm-hmm. into and something that I told myself that I would commit to. And, you know, I'm, yeah. it's, it's been going really well. And uh, I think in a few months time, I'm going to make the leap to, to becoming a full-time creator just based off of how things wow. are going and, you know, um, you know, getting paid from brands and stuff like that, as well as, you know, the channel's obviously growing. So uh, I can't wait for, for that time, but uh but yeah, it's, it's, uh, YouTube's just been one of those things that I've really focused on in social media. So, uh, and, and now it's, it's going to be a career. So it's exciting. Yeah. Like how, how is it like when it comes to like this YouTube work, is it like, um, 
not, not like an obsession, but like it's almost like we're like, you're just so laser focused on like when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I was, I like, I've bought books on how to grow on the platform. I've read, I've watched seminars. I've just, it was just something that I wanted to learn more about and mm-hmm. through like educating myself in all of these different ways and like through trial and error, like, like I just realized the other day that I've posted like over like 200 videos and it's like crazy. Like you eventually, like if you do something enough by default, you're going to get better at it. So like, I don't know that like when I started, I was like, this is something that I want to do one day full time. But then it's just like these two passions of mine come colliding because not only do I love like cameras and, and gear and like lighting, like I love setting up my set for a video. I love mm-hmm. h- hitting record and like diving into the settings of the camera. And I love, and I learned to love like editing my videos and like creating a finished product and then posting it and sharing it with people. But it's all intertwined with my love for love, like pa- uh, my passion for sneakers and clothing and stuff like that. So it's like, why would I not want to pursue this and do this more? Because I've been on the the flip side and I'm still in it now where like you work in like a corporate environment where it's like, you know, it's kind of it's so boring and stale and like politically correct. And it's like, I could do me on my own for, and work and be my own boss and do my own things. And sure. It's a shit ton of fuck. It's so much work, but it's at the same time. It's like, what, well, well, what's the other side of that coin working for somebody else? Like I, you know, so, the, so that's kind of where I'm at in my life. And, I think that having those, like, like my first corporate job that I got out of school was really shit. It was really bad. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a very like negative work environment. It was very black yeah. and white. Like the, they used to, one thing that drove me nuts is they used to like close the blinds <laughs> on the windows. It's like, guys, oh it's oh summer out. Let's <laughs> yeah. open the windows. And they would close the windows because like the glare on their screen. I'm like, just fucking deal with it. Like, let's let some light in here, you know? So man, it was such like a dark place. So like having those kinds of shitty jobs up front kind of like opened my eyes to like what this can be. And uh, you know what? The company I work for is great. And, uh, you know, I've met some really cool people. Um, It's just, you know, it's just like, I'd rather do my own thing. And, um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Well, does your own thing for YouTube, does it ever feel like a job for you? Or is it, is it just in the back of your mind? It's just, you know, it's my hobby. I just, I keep getting at it. Not because I have to do it, but because I truly want to do it. That's a great question. And the answer is it does sometimes feel like a job and it does kind of suck, you know, and um, I'll give you some good examples of that. These, these past uh, two months have been so freaking busy because of black friday and because mm. of what what i the types of content that i make it's so heavily involved in like retail and discount codes and you know this and that and so um it's been so much work these past couple months um especially trying to manage it with my with my full-time job as well and it's uh it's like it it, it felt like work and i know that the, what a, this is the pace that i'm currently at isn't sustainable um however despite it being a lot of work, it's still stuff that I enjoy doing. But another reason, another time when it feels like work is when you are working for a partner or a brand that you, you may not be passionate in. And you, you ask mm-hmm. the question, well, why did you get started in that in the first place? But sometimes you, 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 you kind of need to test out what it's like working with brands especially early on, you're not going to be working with the Nikes and the this and then that. And then, 
you know, you, you, you decide to work with a partner because they're going to pay you a certain amount and you're like, okay, like I, this is worth it for me. And then you're actually making the type of content or reading out the ad. And it's just like, shit, like this isn't really something that I believe in, but it's like, I didn't know that I was going to feel this way when I signed up for it or, you know, so it really is like the plight of a creator, you know, you start working for free and then you start working for brands. That's just kind of how it works. That's how people make money. And so there are a couple of times where, you know, it's like, ah, oh, this kind of shitty, this doesn't feel right. Or, um, and then that's when it starts to feel like work when it's like shit, like, you know, I, this isn't something that I really want to be doing, but you know what, at the same time, you, you got to put up food on the table for yourself. And, uh, you know, this past year I moved into a condo and so I have, you know, a mortgage to pay and I got bills to pay. So it's like, you know, this, 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 these are certain things that I need to do. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, based on the sheer amount of work these past couple months, it felt like, it felt like an actual job job, which I guess isn't as fun, but at the same time, it's still fucking yeah. still beats doing other things, you know, like some, yeah, if someone's listening to this and they're like a, uh, you know, like a, like a garbage man or like, you know, so, like a, <laughs> no, like a mine worker. No, no, no. I'm not shitting. Yeah, like, yeah. like if you work no, in a mine, no, no, you're no, like you, you, this yeah. fucking kid, I'll get like, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you know how it is. Like it's all, it's all relative, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows just to, to put it that way. Yeah. I remember last time we spoke, which was a while ago and that's kind yeah. of gone into the abyss, but uh, a while ago you, you, you said, of course, like you have your ups and downs, but uh, you keep moving yeah. and eventually the curve keeps going up. So yeah well well yeah that's absolutely right but like things have grown i've like it's grown so quickly you know so like i have i've had a i have a lot more opportunities now than i did the last time we spoke which i'm very thankful for don't you know i'm not complaining about it but uh but yeah and i think it all sort of loops back to like the fact i still have a job and if i think about it if i freed up eight hours and threw that and could work on my own shit it could it could alleviate that stress because my mind is constantly in two places all at once. And it's, it's yeah. so, it can be so like tiresome, <sighs> but, uh, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just kind of how it works. Yeah. And like, I know, I, like, I just think now even too, like, imagine you, but like, for me, it's just like, for, for me, like if I can get rid of like, say like my job now, and I just literally just focused on this, like it would, yeah. it would be awesome. Like, just like, the, it is. I think the quality would go up too, I think, honestly. Oh, totally. And you guys will get there, but let me ask you, like, is there times with, with you guys, you know, working together and, and putting the podcast together and creating all the content? Like, does it feel like work for you guys? No, for me, it doesn't feel like work. It's only, it's only when I get interruptions in my house, probably. That's the only yeah. thing. Like I'm, for you. Yeah, you, for you me. hit all the noises and everything. No, yeah, yeah. Cause like for me, I'll like, I'll be like, oh, I can't wait, like, just do something. And then, like, I have to stop in the middle of it and just be like, just like, wait. Yeah. Like, cause sound is huge, right? Like, in, yeah, in videos, sound. Right? And that's one thing I tell creators all the time is like, if you're getting started out, like, film with your phone. You can film with your phone if you're getting started out. Mm -hmm. However, yeah. buy a mic. Mike, you could get a lapel mic that clips onto your shirt from Amazon for $15. And that's leaps and bounds better than the, the, the microphone mm -hmm. on, on your, on your, on your phone um so yeah I, I totally get that but another you know another thing that sucks have you guys ever like screwed up an upload or like didn't oh, hit record fuck, that's a dude, fucking yeah. devastating thing where you're like well i'm it's quitting horrible. youtube altogether I'm never <laughs> even, you know you're like i'm giving up i remember one time we we made an entire video but it ended up we recorded it slightly too late so it got yeah. a little too dark and then we had to basically scrap the whole video so uh, yep. yeah it happened that kind of sucked and you yeah. 
Oh, like, cut out really quick. Not this time, bitch. And then they'll they'll uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. they'll like uh, you know suddenly the jack in your microphone isn't pushed all the way in or something like that. Yeah. So oh my god, I always before, before I hit record, I set up, I do my thing, everything's good. And then mm. what I do is um on my phone, my phone like connects to my camera, and I can like export the video from my phone or from my camera to my phone. And so I'll always record okay. like a 10 second clip of me just like saying whatever. I'll export it to my phone just to see how it looks on my phone because most people watch YouTube on their phone. And yeah, then right. I'll, you can also hear like the audio quality and stuff like that. That's crazy. Well, I know that's one thing with us as well, where it kind of feels like a job for, for me. I don't know about you guys, yeah. but it's when we have to deal with our kind of like entry level equipment sometimes, <laughs> oh like God. the old oh, yeah. camera. Oh, that was a mess. Oh, yeah. Lord. I still I know the that, mic. Yeah. You have your blue Yeti mic, but it's broken, I guess, right now. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. But yeah, I it, I still have pretty entry level equipment. And, and, you know, it's a gradual thing. You know, you guys will eventually yeah. be like, oh, like we need a new, like, uh, new lighting mm -hmm. setup or, you know. Um, but uh, one thing for sure, for me at least, having a second camera was, is huge. Like, like having two mm -hmm. cameras was a really big thing for me. But like I said, it, you know, you guys will, you guys will get there eventually. And, you know, I've, I've bought in shit that like, it's like, why did I buy this? You know, or, I, you know, <laughs> like, and no, but I'm talking like five, like I bought this, like, um, I bought this, uh, this like camera gimbal. It's like a stabilizer. And basically mm -hmm. it's like a, a, like a rod, you hold it and your camera and you could move your thing and your camera will always stay steady. And it was like 600 bucks. Right. And it was a lot of money. Jeez. And I'm like, and I'm like, this is going to be a way for me to make money is I'm going to work for other people and other creators and help <laughs> them create videos. And then this sort of loops back into like it feeling like work thing where it's like, mm. I don't want to create stuff for other people. Like that <laughs> yeah. takes up my time. <laughs> that takes up my time for me to do back into my own channel and grow myself. So why would I be focusing on other people, which is a, a legit source of income that people can make, you know, like there's so many creators yeah, nowadays, we could be like, Hey, would you pay 200 bucks if I made this like quick little YouTube montage for you or like Instagram thing mm -hmm. and people will pay. But I was like, so like, yeah, like I'm glad I have that. It's cool. It's a cool piece of equipment, but it's like, that's $600 that like I could have <laughs> used on something else. Yeah. I know what, what like say uh because I, I know in your videos like i've seen like this guy's lighting is good like what's what's your um what's your yeah. like uh like recommendation made for lighting because i'm looking into it right now yeah so there's a ton of good youtube videos on like how to get good lighting even in like a small yeah. pit in a small place but one thing i would recommend is not necessarily like the like the like there's so many different ways to look at it but usually there's like something called a three-point lighting system and basically yeah. what it is is like an overhead light that's like on an angle mm -hmm. above you which is typically like an umbrella light and you know you want it to be soft you don't want it to be too bright so there's that camera backlighting as well so sometimes what i'll do is i'll throw up a camera uh throw up a, a light and i'll reflect it against the wall behind me and so that's another sort of lighting and then something from the side something from the side another light source will create like an outline it's very subtle but like you know if you want to get into the weeds a bit but it's very subtle it'll create like sort of like this like halo effect around you so like there's tons mm -hmm. of different stuff i'm in like the lighting is pretty good in my room i have uh in my in my in my condo there's like floor to ceiling windows which is which is great um mm -hmm. but it's also bad in the same sense because like especially this time of year if i make a video and it takes me an hour and a half to make the video. The, the lighting when I started is different yeah. than the lighting that I ended. So that's what, yeah. that drives me nuts when it's when, mm -hmm. when that happens. An umbrella light that I use, which is which is great. I got it off of Amazon, and that's sort of like the main light source. And then I have another little softbox light as well. So 
uh, it's kind of, it's odd stuff. It's like really like I was using a lamp yesterday. I was, uh, <laughs> another good tool that I have, this is just by my feet here is this, um, I have this little like aperture light thingy here. And this is a, um, it's like a mini light. And there's like this little oh, okay. piece of paper that it comes with. This thing is okay. super helpful. Like this is something that you could use to like backlight if you wanted to. And mm -hmm. also, uh, yeah. it like, it dims a bit too. So it, uh, you know, and it, it comes with these little gels so that you can control like the temperature of the light. So if whether you want it to be a little bit warmer or a little bit softer, like it, there's all kinds of different stuff. Um, and I got this off of Amazon as well. It's kind of expensive. I think it was like 60 bucks, this little light, but it's uh, battery chargeable. And, you know, there's just a ton of uh, uh, good stuff. So like I said, if you, if you guys are, or anybody listening, they want to like up their, you know, video or lighting quality, you know, there's so many free resources. And I've literally, everything I've taught myself on youtube within cameras and stuff has all been off of like youtube videos and stuff like that so uh, even mm -hmm. how to grow on the platform you know there's a um a channel think media they do a lot of videos on like how to get more views and how to like get more subscribers and stuff like that so i've used those resources um to sort of help me grow as well yeah because like just like watching your videos for like a bit like just uh you got like a very like professional like kind of feel to your videos so, yeah, so what I was saying, what, my favorite YouTubers is this guy by the name of MKBHD, a gentleman by the name of Peter McKinnon. And so both of these guys, MKBHD, he's like an iPhone and tech reviewer. And he has by far the most high quality videos you've ever seen in terms of lighting. Everything is just incredible. And so like through watching these guys, I've learned like how I want my videos to look. And I have a fraction of what they have. But, uh, but it's all, it's all develops. It's all like a process, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that uh, sort of comes over time. But uh, that sort of look that I have is, is from watching other YouTubers who have like a real professional type look to them. Well, that's a great way to start. You look at someone else, you kind of take a little template from them and yeah. then you build your own uh, style off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what I do. You know, I wasn't the first person to, to make styling videos online. And one of the inspirations of mine was a guy by the name of Eddie Wynn. He was like a good YouTuber that I used to watch that talked about sneakers and clothing and yo Ante And like, there's a bunch of other guys uh, that have been around for a long time that I've sort of always watched their videos and thought like, Oh, I, I think I could do, you know, what they do, or I would like to do what they do, but I just always kept making excuses for myself as to why I wouldn't start. And then eventually, you know, you just kind of dive head first and then, you know, you get into it. Yeah. Cause I always felt like you had like, like almost, I could, I could see you almost in like, you know, those like style, like magazines and like fashion. I, I, I feel like you have that look though. I'll <laughs> be cool. Weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be cool. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it all develops, you know, you, the, the look of your videos and, you know, you guys can attest, you know, from the first video you've ever uploaded, like, one thing, and I had this conversation when I was on Sean Goh's podcast as well, is like, if you look at your early stuff and you cringe at it, it's kind of a good thing because it means yeah. that you've developed over time. Like my early like fit pic or like videos, it's just like, what the hell was I doing? Yeah. But it's, it's kind of a good thing, you know? And I think that's a good thing with YouTube is just like everybody can just pick up a camera and get going and you know, as long as you develop. And I think it's, that's an important thing as well. It's like, you have to grow with your audience. Like, you know, like you kind of have to like the first money that you make on YouTube, you kind of have to invest it back into the channel, you know, so that, uh, so that you, you can increase the quality and, and whatnot. And so, um, so yeah, it's all, it's all an evolution. Yeah. I just feel like for me, like I always like 
wanted to get into YouTube just because I like as a kid, like I always wanted to like start like a channel. So I just love the idea, like just like I, well, I also watched a lot of YouTube and I still do. Right. Like, I oh, think, yeah, me too. You know, I'm always learning from people all the time. Like always just kind of just look at how they do something and then, you know, maybe maybe apply it to my own just in a different way. Right. That's kind of inspiration. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's exactly why I started as well is like, you know, um, and also around the time when I started, I had two other hobbies that I had quit and I kind of felt bad about quitting them. Like I tried to like teach myself how to play the drums and and that didn't go well. So, uh, and then, uh, and then I also, uh, I was taking, uh, like, um, cause uh, I'm Portuguese, I guess where my family's from. And so I tried to like, uh, learn the language. And so I was going to classes for that. So fucking difficult to like learn a language (laughs) as you get older. And so like, and I quit that and I quit playing the drums and I'm just like, why do like, I'm starting all of these things and paying money for them and I'm fucking quitting. Like, <laughs> let me just stick to something. And then YouTube was like that one thing where it's like, okay, like I love doing this from start to finish. I love setting up the camera. I love talking about shoes and clothes and you know, I like editing and I like sharing it with people and interacting and responding to comments and, and this and that. So, um, so yeah, that's always, uh, would you ever want to go back to those um, like drumming or learning Spanish again? Uh, it was Portuguese, but no, Portuguese. I, uh, yeah, dude, Portuguese for sure. I mean, it's just so difficult. And I was actually having this conversation with my girlfriend uh, the other day, cause she's Portuguese and you know, the, um, and so we, 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 uh, pre- before shit hit the fan here uh, in the world, but we used to go there all the time and travel and whatnot. Perfect. But yeah, do I want to go back? Probably not the drums. I used to play the drums when I was a kid um i had a drum set so i was kind of like oh maybe i'll pick it up again but it's just unless you're going to classes or lessons like teaching yourself is you got to really love it and i guess i just didn't really love it yeah that's the thing you know like learning languages i think it's such an asset like i think uh oh god bilingual, right? yeah it's so true my my girlfriend's mom knows five languages and it's just like her think of the access to words she has more than you know everybody else like it's like it's, it's just boggles my mind. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things because she she had worked for the government and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, it was an asset to her to know as many languages and, you know, you study it in school and, you know, so it's just like so crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love it. I would love to, you know, even French, you know, you, you know, for us, it's like you, you learn French in school, but I don't, you know, I don't speak French. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like that's the thing too. Like my, like my mom's from Montreal. She's French Canadian. Right. So like I, but I remember as a kid, like I was always good at the language. I always wanted to do it, but it's almost like that peer pressure thing where it's like, Oh, French is stupid. French is this. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, like, I never did. That's a big regret of mine. I think, but I don't yeah. know. I might, I might go down that alley one day. Yeah. Time. You could, you totally could. And you know what, if she's like a resource that you can turn to, to like help you out and stuff like that and ask questions and, you know, the biggest thing, and this is the reason, part of the reason why I, was, I quit is because I didn't speak it. Like I was learning it, yeah. but I didn't practice speaking the language. And if you don't practice speaking the language, you're never going to learn. You can try to absorb as much information as possible, but unless you're actually out there like speaking it, which I wasn't, then that's when it, uh, it, it went down from there. So I think that's also important. You apply that mindset to anything really. Like if you go, for example, you go learn to code, you can't just get that skill by just absorbing everything you need to eventually yeah. put that uh, that that knowledge you need to try it out gain yeah actual hands-on experience with everything yeah you can read as many books on how to read a bike as you want but unless you get on the bike <laughs> you know you're never gonna fucking learn so yeah yeah it's always, totally. it's always about like it's almost like um i remember having a conversation with somebody about this too even uh like just knowledge and stuff. i remember even even just like traveling the world like i think it's such a 
like you just learn so much like you know what i mean like the same thing yeah. with languages right i think you just like you just broadening your just like your brain and just your knowledge i think that's you know like down the line maybe like 40 50 years from now you can be like damn like you know what i mean like i learned a fucking lot of shit you know what i mean yeah it gives you perspective as well you know you see how other cultures live and you see how, and you compare it to what it's like back in your country and it's just like wow like it's like eye-opening in a sense and i think that makes you sort of more of like a humble person is because you realize that like some people may have it a lot worse than you um and then you go to certain countries and it's like wow some people have a lot better than i do and you know uh, especially in terms of wealth, like you go to certain countries that are, you know, or you go to certain areas and it's just like, wow, there's so much money here. Like I want to live like this. So like, kind of like, you know, it, it can work in both ways where it like gives you a lot of perspective of what it can be like. Um, and which I think is super important as well. And plus like, and I'm thankful for, for where we live as well, because there's so, it's such a diverse country, you know, like we're encouraged to like start our own communities and like, you know, start your own areas. And I think like, you know, that's why we, you know, have such great food here in the city as well. Like one of my favorite restaurants in Toronto is this, um, is this restaurant called Mira and it's a Peruvian restaurant. Mm -hmm. And on paper, it's like, I don't even know what Peruvian food is, but somehow my girlfriend and I, we decided to go there and it's so freaking good. And it's just like, it opens us up to this new culture of like new culinary experience of like, wow, like I didn't know I liked this food until I tried it. And now it's like so delicious. So, um, so yeah, you know, like broadening your, your perspective of, of different cultures, I think is super important. Yeah. It's almost like, um, you know, your comfort zone. That's pretty much yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, I totally get that. You know, when I travel, it's, there's a lot of uncomfortable times, you know, where you're trying to communicate with somebody and it's just like a little bit difficult because the language barrier, but you know what, like if you go there with the right intentions and you're respectful and people you can you can get around especially in a country like portugal everybody speaks english or you know 90 percent of people speak english like for real like they're one country that like is really absorbed with uh north american culture like in terms of tv shows celebrities music like you go all you go down there and on the radio it's all north american music which wow. is like kind of disappointing you're like i kind of want to yeah. like hear the new sh the, the shit here right yeah. so um so yeah that's uh so yeah um yeah, I don't know. It's it's well, cool. That, it's cool. I like traveling. That's another thing about if you want to go to another country. It's one thing to, of course, know the language and speak it. But if you're going to go to that country, another good thing to do would be to, uh, of course, research the culture, kind of get your, your feel into their culture. That way, if you're going there, you're not just walking there. Oh, I can speak your language. But, oh, I know how you guys, uh, how everything works over here kind of thing. Yeah. And like customs, you know, like certain things, you know, like I would love to go to Egypt, right? And I've understood, and from what I understand, you know, like if you, uh, uh, you know, if you're a female in Egypt, like if you go to certain places, you have to like cover your head and like, there's certain like cult uh, cultural rules you have to follow. And like having that knowledge beforehand can, you know, get you out of trouble or can, you know, can really help uh, to, to, to understand. And then you get to understand why it is that, that way. And, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that, that thing is, is really important as well as like, not just traveling to these places, but just getting a little bit more, um, perspective from what their culture is like. Of course. Well, okay. How will we bring it back to speakers a little, or sneakers rather not speakers, but yeah. uh, since the year is pretty basically ending soon, what's, uh, what's been your favorite sneaker of the year? Uh, so yeah, if, you know what I, I showed both of you guys. So I'd say it's these two. It's the, the Amamanye Air Jordan 3 and then these New Balance that I picked up. It's funny. They kind of look similar in a way. Like it's, the, it's like same color, color tones. Yeah. Like literally they both have like a beige midsole, gray and white. So I kind of just goes to show how plain I am. Um, but uh, I like these shoes, two shoes. The quality is great. And um, 
Oh, let me see. I have my shoes behind me. I think that's kind of it. Also, the five fifties. These are. Yeah. This was another great shoe that oh, I like. Yeah. Um, so these ones are really great. I have. I'm getting some more of those coming in too. And then hold on. I'll show you one last one. Yeah. He's going to the. Uh, uh, I, um, sorry. Let me put the thing back in. Um, it's this uh, Adidas um, Forum Low. And it's so funny because they all kind of look the same if you think about it. Like all yeah. of the shoes, like I guess I have a type yeah. now. They've got that like, like uh, simple. All of them's got the kind of off-white color to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was really popular this year. So mm -hmm. it's interesting though because I sometimes think about it, right? Like it's like, am I going to like this five years from now? You know, that's why I've been very selective of the shoes that I get because it's like, do is this like objectively a nice shoe that I would like? You know, when you think of a shoe like the Red Octobers, I know. No. Like the like I that's not even a shoe. If you, that's not even a shoe that I want now. Like I love the Easy Two, the Nike Easy Two. That's one of my favorite sneaker models of all time. It probably might be number one in terms of silhouette that I absolutely love. But like I don't want to wear an all red shoe. So like there's certain shoes that I picked up. It's like okay, well it's gray and white. Like I could kind of wear gray and white forever, you know. Mm -hmm. Or it's a little like an off white color, but like a little hint of color. Like that kind of like never go, really goes out of style. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of shoes that I picked up that I don't really wear as much. Um, I'll show you one more of them. Yeah. It's this, um, the Paul and Air Jordan one. This oh, is just really difficult. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, I like it. I like it. The quality is great. It's just like, it's a rock. Even for my standards, sometimes it's like, what, like, how can I style this? Uh, that like, I don't know. It's just kind of tricky, but either way, like it's still a shoe that I'm, that I'm, I'm glad to have. It's just, I think I underestimated how difficult, a little bit difficult it, it would be to rock, but either way, it's, I'm still glad to have it and I'm going to keep them obviously, but uh, um, just because Air Jordan ones, you know, they're Jordan ones, they, they go with everything and it's just, uh, uh, it's just a little bit tricky for me to rock. Well, speaking of ones, I actually uh, like one that I see in a mock-ups of last year and they finally just came out yesterday, the Bordeaux ones. I actually copped them for, for retail. Uh, yeah, yesterday. Me so too. I was actually, actually, actually able to get them in my, true size 12 and a half actually Usually i get 13 but it's crazy like i guess people are sleeping on these ones i don't know like, yeah you know i think it's one of those shoes where they just made a lot of same with the pollens i think yeah i think the pollens are were also a shoe that they just made a shit ton of them um yeah. which is fine like oh, people yeah. complain if a shoe is too limited if it's too <laughs> available i'm like did you get your pair then why are you so like upset or yeah, like no but that is a real thing that people are like oh well that shoes uh you know like it's it's a re like like it's gonna go on discount then i'm like fucking buy it for a discount then like why are you complaining <laughs> but um but yeah I, I bought those as well um i'm probably gonna give those away so i think that's uh, uh just uh, i really like the shoe it's just i want to like close off the year with a giveaway and i feel like an air jordan one is like a good shoe to to, to give away um yeah. so um so yeah i'm really glad to have those um, but you know, uh, there's one that like, I've been waiting for this. I remember in high school, like one of my buddies used to hoop in these for our team and, uh, the, the Jordan 11 cool gray finally retro. And I take my money right now, honestly, I guess. Yeah. Like, can I get them now? Like, honestly. yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. That's a great shoe. Um, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to pass on those oh, only for the specific reason I've bought in every air Jordan 11 release that, that I liked. I didn't buy like the Jubilee ones that came out last year. Uh, or was it two years ago? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but I have the, the bread 11s. I have the Concord 11s. And I think that the, uh, the cool gray or the, the cool grays would like complete that like trio. It's just, I haven't been wearing 11s that much. And like I said, I've, 
I'm being more selective of the shoes that I, uh, I don't know. Like I just, uh, I still love the 11s. It's one of my favorite shoes and I'm never going to get rid of them. It's just, uh, I just haven't been wearing them that much. And I, it, for me, it was like, do I get these uh, new balance or do I get those cool grays? So I, I ended up just landing on these just because this was like one of my favorite shoes to release this year. And I really did feel that like gravitational pull that like, oh, I need this shoe. So, um, so yeah, I, I chose these shoes over the, the cool gray 11s and it is what it is. You know, uh, you like cool grays will release again, man, you know, like they're going to retro again. And, you know, am I going to regret it? Am I going to want the shoe when it releases? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I can't have every release. Like, I don't know about you. Cause since you're like, like fashion styling guy, like I almost like now, like when it comes to like, I'm just like dressing up or something. Like I like just throwing on like 11s now, like, or like yeah. ones, like, I think it's just, those are my dress shoes now. Like I have the Jubilee yeah. 11s. Like, I think it's perfect. It's got a little like milky outsole and, yeah. and it's, and it's black. Right. So. Yeah. And that patent leather, like, I mean, it, it was like designed as from like a dress shoe, right. Yeah that has patent leather on it. So that's like the design inspiration of that particular shoe. So I totally get that. It's definitely one that you can dress up and dress down. Um, but I don't know, like, I just don't, I just don't seem to wear them as much. I, lo I love the shoe, but it's like, another thing is that like, since I've moved, I live in a one bedroom and like, there's no, I have no space for anything. I barely have space to like make videos. So it's like, how many, like, it comes to a point where I like, you know, you can only have so many pairs of shoes for me, at least just because like, I used to think that I wanted like a thousand, like you go see certain people's <laughs> collection and, you know, you see these ball players and, oh, I, here's my sneaker closet. I have a thousand pairs of shoes. It's like, I don't know if I want that. Like, cause it's just, it's just a lot, a lot of stuff. It's just literally a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know what you need a thousand shoes for though. That's, that's what what I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I don't know either, but it's just like, geez, you know, like I, like I want to be able to wear them and how, like, how can you, you couldn't even wear a thousand shoes in a year. Yeah. You'd have to like swap out shoes midday or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which I do do sometimes that oh, does. There yeah. are certain times where, you know, you got to switch up the, the fit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just, I have that's, no room for things. That's crazy. You know, I actually wanted to ask you because I feel like I asked a lot of people with these shoes, but once I see a mock-up of these two, I was like in love with them. You know that, um, you know those winterized 14s, those brown ones? Yeah. I, I love those. I don't, what do you think? I, I wonder. Those are nice. Yeah, I like those too. I like the colorway. It's such like a wearable colorway. I think it's like brown, black, and like a hint of red, isn't it? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like they had like infrared laces. I swapped them over for the black ones. Just to keep yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. I like those. I, I don't have any 14s. I've never owned a pair of 14s before, um, but I think those are cool. I, I, I know they did came out uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago as well right oh, oh nice yeah those are clean fire, yeah. yeah i mean those are yeah those are great um yeah. and you, you know the fact that they're winterized i mean i mean it tells you you can wear them in the next couple of months that's huge right mm -hmm. um but yeah i they're nice it's just not a shoe that uh that i was after um i think for me like the type of outfits i'm also trying to like elevate my style a bit like dress a bit nicer in a sense i'm still love to dress in a sort of like streetwear type of way um but i kind of want to like i don't know like i feel like i've dressed a certain way for the past year and that which is fine and i still love it but i since i am like a fashion oriented channel it's like i kind of want to just evolve a bit like switch things up like i don't want to be as predictable with right. some of the stuff that i wear uh, I don't know, really know how I'm going to do that just yet, but, uh, 
but yeah, that's kind of like, I'm so obviously going to wear freaking hoodies. I love hoodies. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of, I've been meaning to like switch things up a bit, but either way, those 14s are great. And you're going to wear them a ton because you can wear them in the summertime. You can, and then you can wear them in the wintertime, which is huge. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've never owned a pair of 14s. I, I don't even know what they look like on feet for me. You know, like you, like one thing with the 13s, I love 13s. And then I tried on a pair of 13s and I'm like, these look, these don't look good on me. Yeah, but you know what's weird? Apparently, the 13s and 14s are like the most comfortable Air Jordans. Apparently, that's what yeah, I, I believe that. So, you know, the Flint 13s was another shoe that I missed out on and I was kind of bumped out about it. That's same. But then it's just like, like, like I said, you just can't have every release. No, you can't. You can't. You just gotta. Where I think, yeah. I think humans were just generally greedy. I think it's just, we yeah, it's how the human race is, especially sneakerheads. Like, we have a lot of FOMO, you know, like the fear of missing out, and it's just it's a real thing, you know. But you got to just remember that there's gonna, like, you know, I haven't even thought about the Flint 13s in the past six months, but when they released, I was like, oh, I need to have them. But it's like, I haven't even thought about them. So it's like, how bad did you actually want them? You know, you know what it is, man? Like I've gotten like, um, I don't know, but you, I, I've seen you wear some fitted. Like I'm like in love with the yeah. fitted dude. Like it's, it's yeah. bad. Like, <laughs> so it's Me bad. too. So I'm saying like, all it's like, how many like, things am I going to collect? I know. I, you can't like, what, what else? Cars now? Yeah, man. Cars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cars no that's one bug i don't have and i'm and i'm kind of glad i love and yeah. appreciate cars but i'm not a car guy and i don't think i want to be just because I, it's like okay. same with tattoos it's like shit it'd be cool to have some tattoos but it's like am i gonna spend five thousand dollars on a sleeve like how many things am i gonna be into you know yeah. that's why i'm kind of just sticking to one thing mm-hmm. you know but yeah I, I totally get it hats is another thing but i'm i love i love i bought a bunch of fitteds not all of them are like super collectible you know like those hat club ones are obviously but for us as canadians we get the short end of the stick because those are all american releases they know those aren't released here those hat club exclusive ones so it's like you got to buy them on the secondary market or which is always another thing it's like wow am i going to spend 120 on yeah like for for me i found it really like i found like uh, not like a trick but like i felt like a method just to be able to cop on hat club all the time i just love the quality like like this is like an nfl collaboration with mlb so it's like the cool. old atlanta so like i love football right like grew up playing football and stuff so like anything yeah. like that you're gonna you're gonna pull me right in that's the thing right yeah i played football in high school in grade 12 i played for for one year which was fun right. it was so much fun it was Wait, what, so much fun what, what position so let me paint the picture for you so i'm five seven <laughs> And in grade 12, I probably weighed 120 pounds. Um, and I played the uh, defensive back. And uh, the, like, I was, you know, like, if you have technique, you know, it's not, I'm not playing against huge guys. We're all in high school. But if you have technique, you know, you can get by. So I, I had very little skill. I did start a couple games, which is huge. You know, high school football culture is like, you know, you kind of have to start It benefits you if you start in like grade nine and then stick with the team. And then by the final year, you know, you're on the first team and you're starting every game and whatnot. But for me, I thought it was just a fun thing to do and, you know, get out with a bunch of guys and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I, so I did have a couple of hits. I did have a couple of tackles, um, but there was also one time on special teams, they put me on special teams and I got absolutely obliterated. They were like, Hey, don't look at the ball. Or yeah, don't look at the ball. Like, look at your assignment. Like, focus. On, don't focus on the ball. Focus on your assignment. So I'm looking at the ball. I'm looking at the ball. I'm running along the the sidelines, and then some guy just like lays me out. And I was Fine like, "Side's the worst, man." God. Yeah, I shouldn't have been. I should have been looking up. You know, I'm supposed to cover a guy, not look at the ball. So yeah, you know, you know, know what it is, 
you know what it is? They say football, like with special teams, is so dangerous because they're moving directions. That's why, like, everybody's turning, yeah. it's turning which way they're going, like forward or backward. And when you're, say, backpedaling, you don't know, boom, like you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Football's so dangerous. Dude, it I'm really not- is. Yeah, it really right. is. But you know what? It's just, you know, if you like, I feel like if, if somebody's pursuing football, there has to come to a certain point where you have to realize like, am I like, cause when you play and you get hit, like you do it's sort of like boxing or like UFC where you do leave a part of you out there. And um, I think I've heard that football, if you're pursuing the NFL, it's the CTE is equivalent to boxing because it's the frequency of the clashing it's every play you're hitting you're tackling you're getting you know it's just when you have that frequency that apparently is the worst type of cte as opposed to say like a ufc fighter um where you know ufc is a little bit different because you know there's grappling involved in you know if you if you have that wrestling technique you know you can avoid getting hit in the head as much um, you know, if you go look at a guy like GSP, like he was obviously a big wrestler as well. So he was able to sort of avoid some of those big hits, but then you compare it to a guy like Chuck Liddell, who's just yeah. the ring and we're going to fight in a phone booth. Like that's when shit gets, you know, pretty, pretty rough, but yeah. you know what? Um, but, but that makes NFL so exciting, right? The hits and, and everything. It is. I think it just, you know, you don't want like when you get a certain amount of concussion, I think it's maybe like five is yeah. the number where it's like when you hit a certain age, your brain might be fried completely. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not drugs, dude. Like it's, it's I know. The, and the, there's I've heard that like with with certain fighters, um, you know, the CTE and stuff like that, like you like when you get that type of brain trauma, you could have like a beer or like two beers and you're hammered because like your body is just changed in such a way where like you're slurring and it's like it's it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, so, you know, there, all of this to say that there comes to a point where you got to like, make sure that it's worth, worth the effort, you know, worth the damage because, yeah. you know, it would suck to go and, you know, you're just about to make it and then it doesn't work out. And then, Hey, you're left with medical bills, uh, sore back for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you know, knee, a re- couple knee replacements and then, you know, brain trauma, which yeah. sucks. And that's a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. But just the, the one thing I do, like, other than like the sport element, I think like, it does. I think it's the ultimate team sport. It, it teaches like, so it taught me so many like life lessons, like, and like, and those yeah. guys, like, I, I, don't, I don't like, I don't know, maybe I'm just biased, but I just think like, unlike any other sport, I think like that bond, I think like practicing every day after school, like whatever, I think, I think that's yeah. just one. I think you can't beat that. Yeah. And when I was on, when I was on the football team, like you were friends with everybody, like that's just kind of how it was. You all kind of looked out for each other and even people that it's like, ah, I would never really be friends with this type of guy. Right. But it's like, you know, the sport kind of brings it all together. And because it's sort of for most schools, it's like a varsity sport. It means, you know, for the freshmen, for the for the uh, grade grade nine kids, like you're, you're you know, you're cool with them. You look after them. They look after you, whatever. And yeah. it's just one of those things where it kind of bonds everybody. Yeah, because I remember like our quarterback at the time, his sophomore, and he was like, uh, like he kind of took me under his wing. Like and like and when people would see that, it was kind of like, holy yeah. shit, like, it felt really good. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm yeah when i when i when i got into high school my brother was in grade 12 and he, did, he didn't play football or anything but like he you know like he looked out for me and his friends looked out for me so it was always good because it's scary going into school uh, so it's good to know that you know you have somebody who's looking after you and you know um just because you know when you start something it can be you know it can be nerve-wracking it can be scary you know you don't know the types of people that are going to try and fuck with you so it's good to have people that look out for you oh 100 100 so 
yeah, our camera's almost 100% full here, so we'll try and uh, wrap it up. Bryce, appreciate you coming for coming on again, man. Yeah, thanks. Actually, like, I got yeah, all the best. Yeah. I know you mentioned you were going to do a shoe giveaway for the end of the year, but uh, like you just hit 50K or, or uh, yeah, roughly just... around there? No, I'm, I'm closer to 60K now, but uh, but it's just kind of like a thank you end of the year type giveaway. It's not like an anniversary or like celebrated. Yeah. Well, do you do uh, things? Wow. Oh. It's just go ahead. You guys are frozen. You're, you're cutting out a okay. little My bad. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do any like milestones for like 50K, 60K? Do you do any of that kind of stuff for your, uh, your followers or? I do and I don't. And the reason for that is not that I'm stingy and I don't want to give away anything. It's just like, I, I like to stay even keel. Like I don't like over celebrating the wins and getting super down on when things aren't going right. And it's like, like, neck, like I will do more giveaways. It's just, uh, you know, I don't really do them around milestones. Like I've, I think I've done four giveaways this year. I did three at the beginning of the year and it's like, I kind of, you know, I kind of, it's not that I don't like to celebrate the, the milestones or whatnot. It's like, I'll, I'll do it when I want to do it. And when it feels right. And I think this year, you know, I've had a lot of support from so many people that it's like, you know, and, but it's, it's just one, it's one pair of shoes. It's not like I'm, you know, giving back uh, uh, too much, but it's just, it's just more of like a thank you. So, yeah. No, hundred percent. No, it's, it's nice to, you know, do something once in a while or something like that. Just yeah. to, well, especially if you have, if you have like some sort of fan base, I don't yeah. know what you'd call it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I said, this is the fourth uh, giveaway. So it's kind of like once a quarter, you know, give away a pair of kicks. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. It's not bad. That's not oh, yeah. bad. But uh, if you guys want to check out like Bryce's content, you, I'm guessing you just Bryce kicks everywhere, right? Yeah, Bryce kicks everywhere. TikTok Pretty even. Simple, right? Simple. You know? yeah. Getting into TikTok, you know, <laughs> that's an interesting platform, but it, it seems like it's it's the move right now. So. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? There's a lot of. Uh, I think it could work for you guys as well, like uploading podcast clips on there. I see a lot of people that do that, and um, there's certain podcasts that just upload clips, and I subscribe to them there, and I don't listen to the full length podcast, but I check them out on TikTok. So it's definitely something that you guys could do as well. Um, but yeah, TikTok's been going well. It's it's fun. Like sometimes you upload a video and it gets like hundred thousand views and then you upload another one and it's got like 500 views. And so it's kind of like, doesn't works in some ways and not in others, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those things. And you you can also like promote some of your other channels on there. Like if somebody finds you on TikTok, they click on that little Instagram icon and then it links to your YouTube and your Instagram. So I think that's pretty cool too. That's awesome. So they can check it out there. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, Thanks for having me on guys. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys want to listen to more of the podcast, you can listen to us. We're on Anchor, streaming platforms, all that stuff. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're on all social media platforms as well. And like I said earlier, check out Bryce. Support him. Hopefully you get that plaque sooner rather than later. Hopefully. Yeah. Next year, man. It's happening <laughs> next year. That's a big flex, eh? <laughs> it's, it's happening next year for sure. I'll just say, we're, we'll, we'll yeah. be here for it, supporting you along the way. But anyways, guys, take it easy. Thank you, Bryce, once again. Yeah. Uh, that's a wrap. Episode 26 of The Rift. Peace.